Welcome to Communicating Care, a podcast of the Just Transition Collaborative at the University of Colorado Boulder, where we talk about the ways environmental and climate justice advocacy are motivated by express and foster care. On this podcast, we listen more deeply to people who have made headlines for making a difference to learn from their insights for successful creative climate communication behavior change. I'm the host, Professor Phaedra Petzullo. Today, our guest is Dr. Shahir Hussein, a journalist, ecologist, and social justice advocate. Born in Bangladesh, he has been a pivotal leader in the global anti-plastic movement. Hussein is one of those public intellectuals that seems to have lived a hundred lives already. In brief, he's a reporter and an editor, including membership in the Society for Environmental Journalists. He also has earned degrees in international relationships and a PhD in journalism in India, as well as a PhD in environmental studies from Duke University. He has served as visiting faculty and a diplomat globally. He also is the founder and director of the Environment and Social Development Organization, ESDO, since 1990. I'm so excited to have this opportunity to speak with you. Welcome. Take us back to the early 1990s when you ran a campaign on a national plastic bag ban in 1992 to 1993. In those early days, why did you feel single-use plastic bags constituted a crisis initially in Bangladesh? That is why bags over other types of plastic and why plastic over other crises? Thank you. I have been exposed to and interested in nature and environment since my boyhood. In a grocery store encounter in 1986, which I experienced while studying film direction in University of Melbourne, led me to direct my efforts towards grassroots environmental activism. It was at that time, I was first educated concerning the environmental problem caused by polyethylene and plastic shopping bag. On returning to Bangladesh, I attempt to share that lessons to general public. Fortunately, I was a news reporter that days and tried to write news article on plastic pollution and the environmental havoc by plastic shopping bags. In the year 1987, it was not so easy to publish a report on plastic pollution. At that time, my editor was really angry to me and warned me if I continue focus on the plastic issue, I may lose my job, but I don't bother such threat and move forward to dig out the root cause of the plastic pollution particularly the shopping bag problem. Survival was not real issue for me, but challenge was no one support me to fight against the plastic shopping bag. I become alone and started my war against plastic like a one-man army. Nature support me to establish my point to evil plastic bag. In July, 1987, Devastating flood destroyed countries northern and northeastern zone. I was assigned to cover the flood affected areas. And that opportunity gives me to witness of the suffering of the people due to prolonged water logging during and after the flood. Evidence 
I found that plastic bag is main culprit of waterlogged. News story flashing up and I boost myself to work on the issue with full confidence. Gradually, people support me and join hand to hand. Then I decided to accomplish my goal. I formed the Environment and Social Development Organization, ESTO, in 1990 to create a platform to work on single-use plastic issue, to ban the plastic bag. As a result of 13 years struggle, the ban on the use, manufacturing, distribution of shopping bag passed in Bangladesh Parliament in April 2002. So this is the brief about your question right now. That's an amazing story. You really were at the forefront of this global movement now where so many people are talking about single-use plastic bags. This podcast is about communicating care. Beyond the crisis, such as the flooding, what motivated you to care about the environment and about social justice in Bangladesh? The environmental Degradation lead to human sufferings as well as wildlife. Flood water logged in the land, water pollution caused by plastic. I saw the sufferings of the people demonstrated in the wild element and the waterlogged areas in the country. So I saw the sufferings of the people, animals, both domestic and wildlife. Flood is the cause of natural calamity, but the consequences of flood and water log by man-made. This situation I experienced since my childhood, but came to know the cause of plastic pollution in my youth era. So decided to do my best to address the issue to my nation and the world. So environmental advocates face violence globally, and I would argue increasingly. In the early 1990s, you received death threats, and there were several attempts on your life, from what I understand. I'm very glad that you survived. What was the reason or feeling for those who perceived you as a threat? You mentioned your editor earlier was upset, but this this group that had such a strong reaction to you just caring and wanting to help people and wildlife. What was their motivation? They are business people. They are always moving towards money. They don't care about the sufferings. They don't care about the environment. So they feel I am the man threaten their business. And that time the media become proactive of our initiatives to ban the plastic shopping bank. That's also create fears to them. They feel if they continue, allow this movement, they will lose their business. So that they are furious, they come forward and try to hamper my movement, try to kill me and stop this movement. Well, I understand that then, if I'm correct, you made the difficult decision to move to the United States in 1994 until 2001 for your safety. For the sake of time, I'm going to just quickly summarize that in addition to your continuing education, you helped launch the Global Anti-Incineration Alliance in Johannesburg, South Africa. And then in 2001, the Bangladesh government invited you back 
to help create the policy for the first plastic bag ban in the world. What do you think changed attitudes, values, or feelings of those from when you started in 1987 until when the government seemed more supportive in 2001? It was not a dramatic change. It was a long 13 years of push and campaign inside and outside the country. As I mentioned, the, the, I got tremendous support from national and international media that educate and aware the mass people to come forward and support the cause of banning plastic bag. So that we conducted successful campaign and policy advocacy for banning plastic bag and it's come quickly. It's not quickly, it is take 13 years. So these are the causes, these are the supports help to push this situation ultimate ban. You mentioned already that when there were floods, the plastic bags created a burden on the drainage infrastructure during the floods. Of course, now those floods are expected to increase in frequency and intensity due to climate change. And I was wondering if you could explain those ecological connections about climate change, flooding, and plastic bags. Yes, it's true that the plastic bag is and where cause a burden of drainage infrastructure during the flood. And the frequency and intensity of the flood due to the climate change is one of the factor. But climate change in Bangladesh is not just about flood, water logging is the serious problem due to the plastic and plastic bag. So changing the erratic weather pattern have also affect our physical and mental health. The climate change in Bangladesh have star started to impact health and increase the irradiation of diseases, particularly the waterborne disease along with the logged water. And this can lead to the damage of the mental health condition. So definitely we can say that it's related to the climate change impact as well as the ecological consequences for the plastic bag. Some studies have said that the ban passed first in Bangladesh compared to other countries because the local jute industry could benefit from the ban. And you already mentioned that some people were going to lose jobs, but of course other people are gaining jobs. And I was wondering if you could talk about the role that the local jute industry has played in Bangladesh. Yes, this was not the main driving issue to ban the plastic bag. But, but yes, jute industry and farmer was with us. They support the movement. They come forward. They show the facts, cost, effectiveness, benefit of the plastic versus jute. So that, that's also helped to the movement to move forward for banning. I have read the international press of the reaction to Bangladesh's ban in 2002, and it's mostly highly celebratory of both your labor and of the ban. Um, within Bangladesh, um, what was the emotional reaction to the ban? Was it a source of pride 
Were, were people scared? Were people excited, relieved? What, what do you think was the reaction within Bangladesh compared to the international coverage? It was unbelievable. People welcomed the ban and come out to the street, express their happiness and joy of the verdict of the plastic bag. Ban does include a potential of a fine up to, I think, U.S. $71 and jail time of up to six months. From an environmental policy and social justice perspective, what do you think of using economic fines and what do you think of using jail as deterrence to stop plastic bag use? Rules of law is record, but a fine or judicial custody cannot be a solution to prevent the plastic bag. It's required, it's required people, willingness, support, and political commitment. Do you feel that the fines and the jail time are being directed towards small, um, everyday people using plastic bags in Bangladesh, or are they being directed towards manufacturers? Or do you think the implementation has not been that successful, and how could it improve? This uh, fine is for single use, that means the consumer, but for the manufacturers, these are more than this amount and 10 years of imprisonment that is in the law. But you, you, write, you are right that enforcement is a big challenge like Bangladesh and such developing countries because of the lack of political will, lack of commitment of the government is creating this situation to enforce the law. So I believe that we need willingness, commitment of the people, of the government. If we can ensure this, definitely we will enforce and achieve this ban. So we talked about the threats you received in the 1990s, but the Guardian newspaper reprinted an email you received after the ban, after 2002, despite its popularity, despite it already being passed. According to The Guardian, the email said, you hampered our business. You don't know our power. We can purchase minister and secretary anytime. So you're a little fly for us. We can kill you anytime. Give up your activity against plastic and us or leave the country forever. End quote. What business do you think they were referring to and what power do you believe they really have? Illegal plastic bag production and making the business, they have money power and muscle power. So they believe they have money, they have muscle, so they can do anything for anybody. Amazing. Well, putting your journalism hat now on for a change, what role do you think journalism and journalists have to play in addressing environmental crises in care, and particularly as they're related to plastics or incineration, which is a related question? What would you recommend for journalists playing a role? What are we doing well or what could be done better? Yes. In principle, a journalist should be impartial and truthful. So addressing the environmental crisis and the issue, they should be ethical and principled. I believe that many good journalists around the world, they are trying hard to raise this issue truthfully 
but also there is a big challenge of the media houses and most of the media houses are looking for their business and they are not doing for journalism so i would like to suggest i would like to request the journalist should offer their ethical principle and truthfulness how has social media particularly plastic hashtags had any impact on plastic organizing in bangladesh or in your work internationally yes it has impact in plastic campaign and we have experienced good experience with using the hashtag sign for masses and short masses is always uh, very uh, useful and people can communicate easily in other hand children and youths are often use the social media and they like the hashtag masses in that case it is very important right now for bangladesh and other world to use the social media and hashtag sign are there hashtags you are using right now off the top yes. of your head yes okay next i'd like to ask you how you respond to common criticisms of single use plastic bags one is first how are conversations about plastic bans incorporating concerns about disability advocates in bangladesh is that a question there at all uh yes there are some questions but it's not a strong argument look some people have always some hidden agenda and mindset as i experience i face many such advocates many such people are trying to argue without have evidence without have the argument and i always to be kind and patience to listen and always speak them uh, allow to speak them first then i try to uh, convince that this is not the way they are thinking they should come out with the practical and solution based thinking like i can give an ex- example that many people are saying that straw is essential the plastic straw is essential for the disabled people but it is not true in the case of plastic straw there is an alternative available and affordable so if we can look at to the alternatives and now we are focusing on more alternatives on single use plastic there are many around us so we have the positive argument we have the positive outlook and it cannot be the argument to rule out that the single use plastic uh, issue single use plastic issue is a big issue and that should be considered and still we have not that much opposition there are few opposition but not a big opposition in bangladesh how do you respond to those that say that bans should focus only on manufacturers and not fine or jail everyday people or consumers that we don't need that half of the law let's only focus on the people who are creating it because those um because of the economic disparity between the everyday person versus the manufacturer what is your feeling about that as you know that the legal 
mechanism is required. But it is true that I support source reduction. In that case, we should stop manufacturing first and then we can move forward for the alternative as well as change the behavior of the customer and the consumer. It is a big challenge, but at first we need to change their attitude, change their behavior, provide the alternatives, stop the availability, then we can go for the rules of law. Rules of law definitely should not impose in fast hand. Uh, the third and final uh, common criticism we hear in the United States, um, especially from our uh, former president, Donald Trump, is that we shouldn't worry about single-use plastics. We have bigger problems than plastic. What would be your response to, especially people in the United States, uh, to that type of argument that plastic shouldn't be our focus? I would like to respond in this issue that nothing is bigger than the plastic because it is in our water, in our soil, in our air. It is in our food chain. So plastic is the biggest problem we encounter with many other big problems every day. As a final note, what excites you the most related to plastic waste in the future? I know you do a lot of work within Bangladesh and a lot of international work um, globally. Do you have any initiatives or policies that are exciting you right now that you could share with us that you think people should watch out for and pay attention to? Uh, thank you. We are working in the national and global policies, particularly for the plastic treaty. We are directly work on the plastic treaty negotiation under the UNIA, as well as the regional activities with different networks. But in country, we are also working on the single-use plastic policy, and the government is now moving forward some achievements already to see the ban single-use plastic by 2023. And in that direction, we are working together with in-country and the region. ESTO has already created the regional network to ban single-use plastic. And we work closely with BFAP, Gaia, and other international network for plastic treaty negotiation and implementation. And I am excited to be a global policy on zero-waste livelihood practice. That's exciting. Do you have anything else? I know there's so much more I could ask you about that you would like to add that um, you feel like does not get covered um, in the news about plastics or about plastics in Bangladesh or about your own activism that you'd like to add? I like to add and that uh, we are working on the plastic issue, particularly the different issues, single-use plastic, plastic and chemicals, so this wide range of activities we are working right now and and we are study findings we are we have done some studies we have all ongoing studies on the plastic and river pollution water pollution 
through the microplastic, microbeads, as well as the chemical in plastic. So right now we are implementing a model project, zero waste community development. Now we are working in one community in Dhaka, one community in northern part of Bangladesh, one community in the rural part of Bangladesh. So we believe that by next year, we will come out with three model community and that could be replicable for around the globe. Thank you. Thank you, viewers. And we look forward to work together. Any, any suggestion and any support. Thank you. I've learned so much from talking to you, Dr. Hussain. Thank you so much for taking the time to join the podcast, Communicating Care, and I wish you the best of luck in your amazing work. Thank you. Thank you.